Hello, everyone, and welcome to the L2 Sports Podcast. I am your host, Lucas Gritelli, and with me, as always, is Mr. Luca Moya. For the second week in a row, we have a special guest joining us, and he has been on the show before. Mr. Andrew Novelis, how are you doing today, buddy? How's it going, boys? I heard there was a special request to get me back out here. Oh, yeah, for sure. But you're always keeping it interesting with us uh, coming on a little late, a little late. He's a busy guy, ladies and gentlemen. Gotta He's keep, a busy gotta guy. Gotta keep the boys on their toes. Gotta keep the boys uh, on their toes. Perfect. So, where do you want to start, Andrew? You want to start hockey? Ah, we'll start with hockey. Um, the breaking news, we got Jack Campbell in net. And since you're a special guest, you obviously get the first opinion. Was that the right decision, or would you have gone Freddie on the back-to-back? No, definitely not. I'd go right back to Jack. You know what? The guy got you this far. He's been our backbone since Freddie went down with his injury, right? Mm-hmm. I just ride the hot hand. He's uh, he's played pretty well the whole series. He hasn't hasn't none, none of the goals have really been his fault. So I just keep riding with him until you can't no more. Don't break what isn't broke, right? Whatever that saying is. Exactly, Luca. It's one of these situations. Oh, by the way, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Oh uh, yeah, sorry, buddy. We really skipped over you yeah, there. It's okay. We got it's a lot to of- cover in the show. <laughs> it's one of those situations where you look at let's just say like a baseball series. Do you want to start your ace or do you want to play someone else? Like, do you want to play him early? Do you want to play the guy? You get the win. And I think Freddie, even though it is resting Campbell, maybe for the rest of the series, I think you have a better shot with Campbell in that just because the team, I just think they play better in front of him. The continuity with this team has been red sharp. They've been on fire, especially for the first game. We're going to talk about what happened in that first game. But I'm telling you right now, they're going to win this series in five games, six at the max. And Campbell's the guy to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just I was spec like speculating all day. Like Campbell's never played a back to back game in his career. Like he's not really a, a your typical starter because he's never been a starter in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a nagging injury, so I thought that was going to play a big role. Uh, Sheldon Keith, he said in an interview they were going to see how Campbell is feeling on like today uh, to see if he'll go. Obviously, he's in that, so he's feeling fine. And agree with you both. Jack Campbell is your guy. You got to stick with him, and that's what they did. Luca, you teed it up the first game, game one. Uh, there was a lot of anticipation going into it. I was fired up. I was ready to go. I was dancing. Had my Leaf jersey on. Everything going, and just the unfortunate injury with uh, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs captain John Tavares getting need in the head uh, by Corey Perry. In my opinion. Yes, you could say whatever you want about Corey Perry. He's done questionable things in the past, but just the speed of the game and the speed of that incident happening was just, I think, totally by accident. Uh, Corey Perry said, like, he's won gold medals with with John Tavares. They've played together. They know each other. I doubt he would do something on purpose, and it didn't even look on purpose. It was just an unfortunate accident, and the Leafs, unfortunately, lose their captain as well. I just, I just want to get your guys' opinion was like, what did you, like, what was going through your mind, Luca? Like when you saw that uh, in real time? In real time, it, I didn't really, I don't even think the camera got to me. I mean, you oh, have I to got get, it. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, you I, have to be I, really I, got, I saw it right away. No, I, I just saw him get, I just saw him get hit. And then I just saw the puck go like, I guess, I, guess, I don't know, to the leaf zone where the D-man had it. And then I was just like, oh, Tavares is down, I guess. And then I saw the the knee after. And it was just like, you see it in slow-mo, and it just looks oh, terrible. Yeah. But before but before they even showed the replay, I just think that those three seconds where he tried to get up, 
and then just clap. I'm like, okay. I said, this mm-hmm. is just uh, not I, something I you want to see on TV. I'm not going like, to lie. Right when it happened, I yelled to my dad. I thought the bears is dead. I, yeah, I got a text yeah, message yeah. from you. Yeah, it looked like the guy was bleeding out of his eye socket. Like, yeah, it was, it was, it was bad because you saw the blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. Saw, was, and you saw it was near kind of like his head area or maybe like even, under his visor. When, you, when, they show, when they showed it happen during the game, you see it in the corner of the camera frame kind of. You see him get smoked. And then yeah. I, I don't know if the camera comes back to him or if it's in the same frame. You kind of see him. It looks like he struggles to like move a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. So right away, I knew it was terrible, and then the announcers are like, "Oh no, he's hurt." Yeah, it was. It was bad. It like the, not, there's not a chance anyone could say that Corey Perry was out there trying to do that. Mm-hmm. No, no, anyone, no way. Anyone who's played hockey or even watched hockey knows that that happened way too quick for mm-hmm. anybody to react. Like, it's impossible for you to get out of the way of that. It was just an unfortunate chain of events. Nothing. Nothing could have prevented it, really. And what you guys touched on it, like when the like the trainer sat him up, and then you just see him fall backwards, and and yeah. I guess that caused that knee injury that they were speculating. The test came back negative about his neck and his head. He does have a concussion, obviously. Who wouldn't? Getting a knee, a knee pad at full speed to right to the face. Um, I think that's what scared people the most was when like John Tavares, like he just collapsed because you're not used to seeing that in, in, in hockey. If it was a UFC fight, you're expecting somebody to get knocked out and, and, and just go to sleep. But seeing in a, in a hockey game, it was kind of a, a scary feeling. And usually when you're a trainer, you don't want to move the, the guy on the ice because you don't know what, what's going on with him, whether it's his neck or it's his head. So I think John Tavares was, in my like, I think he was conscious there talking to the doctor. That's why he picked him up. Like, I, I just can't think of another reason why the doctor would pick him up. I don't think he was talking. I think he was just kind of moving his body. From what it looked like to me, it looked like he was just in shock. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It looked like he was there, but his body, he, he it looked like he was trying to move. He just couldn't. So I guess yeah. the trainer was trying to help him. And he thought that he could hold his own weight. And that yeah. It just made the whole situation worse. I think that, yeah, that, that, that made it look way worse than it was, I guess. Yeah. Um, try to get on to a lighter note. We hope John Tavares gets back uh, to the Toronto Maple Leaf lineup as soon as possible. Obviously, he's a big part uh, of their lineup. William Nylander. And, Andrew, we had this discussion over the weekend, uh, a little bit of a debate with you, me, and our buddy Ryan about William Nylander and his contract. He's got three goals this this these playoffs. Oh, yeah. He's been the best, I would say, the best Toronto Maple Leaf through these three games. And we were having this conversation like 6.6, again, back to his contract, 6.7 million. Is that too much? And, and Ryan kind of convinced me that this, I guess 6.7 million for him is a good deal. And people always want to, they want to touch on, Oh, but Pasternak makes And Luca, I want you to, to hear this. Pasternak makes 6 million, but he's underpaid. I think uh, uh, the caliber of player that Nylander is, he should be making this money. Yeah. Pasternak should be making way more for what he's worth. You could even argue Nylander could make a little bit more money if if you really wanted to, right? In a different market on a different team, if he's, if you don't have Matthews and Marner ahead of you, Nylander could be Mm -hmm. making upwards of seven, maybe even closer to $8 million. But just in in our team, that's, that's probably one of our best contracts we have on our front end there because, he provides. He's he's proven he's a sixty point forward. He, he's yeah. proven that in, from his rookie year. And uh, unless he's playing on third, fourth line minutes, I don't think he's going to get worse 
any worse anytime soon. If anything, he's getting better. You, you see him, he's the only guy you notice on the ice, really. So I just think that he's got a lot, a lot to grow. He could always grow into his contract. That's what I was telling you over the weekend. He has really yeah. grown into his contract. Like a guy like Marner, he always, he's always going to have to live up to his contract. So, well, I, I think, yeah, I think especially in hockey because salary cap is yeah. pretty low compared to like these other sports like the NBA. Like the NBA has a bigger salary cap and like half the players, right? So when you look at it, does Nylander seven million dollars? It that's a lot of money for in NHL terms. Like that's a lot of money because that's a big percentage of your payroll. That's just what it is. Um, as a pure athlete standpoint, sure you could say he's underpaid because I think you have a bench guys in the NBA making more money than Sidney Crosby. Like that's mm-hmm. just, that's just the, how much money that this sport brings in. And unfortunately, you know, if you're an NHL player, you're not going to get the money like these other sports. So $7 million is a lot to a team, especially to a sport that doesn't have such a high salary cap for the amount of players they have to pay. Do I think he's worth that much? I mean, he's shown that you know, he's gotten better. I'll be honest. He, he kind of, he's proven me wrong a little bit here because he he's gotten better. You can see he's more confident and this is without JT too. Yeah. And him and JT, like that's the second line. Marner and Matthews is the first, like two deadly uh, one-two punches. First line, second line, right? So one hops out, one hops over. Like it's it's really – and he's doing this without him. He's had guys constantly come in. Felino has been hurt, right? Uh, who, who the, the cycle, Chenyuk in. Like they're just constantly moving guys in above the lineup, but he's stayed consistent, which is what I like. And at the end of the day, in the playoffs, you got to score goals, especially when you're playing Carey Price, and he's been able to do that. So kudos to him. And uh, hopefully he can uh, have a big season next year as well. I'm, I mean, I'm not a big Willie fan. I, I've hated the guy, I think, ever since we had him. He, he doesn't go in the corners. He, he, he doesn't play the way I like, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. this year, it, he's been totally different. He's, the way I've, said, I've seen it, he's either the only guy you notice. Like, he's the best player on ice, the worst player on ice. There's no in between. He's either skating circles around everyone or he's standing still and, and acting as a pylon. There's no in between with that guy. But this, yeah. this year, it's been a lot more of, of the skate in the circle, which I like to see. Yeah, he looks more confident on the puck too. He's sure, with, really. with the puck, with yeah. the puck, he looks much exactly. more confident. And with uh, both of his line mates, John Tavares out in the first game, Galchenyuk, who uh, he played a lot with this season, uh, uh, wasn't in the lineup for for the first game as well. So like he's he's been shift Nick Foligno as well as he played in the okay. second game, um, or part yeah, the second game with him. So. A lot of changing lineups, uh, changing line mates, and he's still doing uh, probably the best leaf on the ice for them in the playoffs. Uh, moving on, um, Andrew texted me today, said he had some inside information uh, on the future of Freddie Anderson. We saw Ed- the Edmonton Oilers get eliminated last night by the Winnipeg Jets, fully swept. They were the higher seed, really thought this was going to be a-, a tighter series, obviously, but the Winnipeg Jets handled them pretty pretty easily. It was Four great games, four close games, but Winnipeg came out on top in all of them. Mike Smith played well, Andrew, but you think that Freddie Anderson could be on his way there if thing if Jack Campbell uh, keeps this up for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, we were talking back to the weekend. We were talking about this, right? We were talking about Freddie's future and mm-hmm. the Leafs starting situations next year and all that. And uh, after watching that game or uh, whatever that was game four Winnipeg Edmonton there I mean all year you could say Mike Smith played better than anybody expected this year for sure I, I don't think anyone expected Mike Smith to be the, the undisputed starting goalie of that team but that that's the thing nobody expected him to be the undisputed or the, the starting goalie for that team I, I think 
what that team, something that a starting point for that team would be a guy in the back end who you, everyone could trust. You could say, yeah, that's my number one goalie. You know what I mean? A guy, a guy who kind of brings some closure to the whole team. Because other than, I mean, what, the four guys on it, you've got McDavid and Dryside on the front end, then you have Nurse and Barry. Like, you know what I mean? Other than yeah. their four players, it's, it's sparse what you're getting outside of those guys. I think you start building from the back. Like I said, you, you build with your goalie there. You get a solid tendy. Um, that could bring a lot of stability to a team like that. And now talking about Freddie there, how many teams are really in the market for a number one goalie, right? I, I don't think the Leafs are going to be paying him what he wants, that's for sure. I think he wants to get paid upwards of $5 million. He still yeah. thinks he's a he's a top goalie in, in the NHL, and, and he can be when he's healthy, but he's going to have to prove himself again. And there aren't a lot of teams who are going to want to take the risk, giving him the money he wants, agreeing for him to be your starting goalie with this shaky year he just had. And after that tough playoff exit that Edmonton just had, I think a goalie would be the first place to look. You see that goal that, that knocked Edmonton out. He should, Smith should have saved that. Mm-hmm. 100% Smith should have saved that. Any starting goalie should have saved that. That, that. Watching that goal really just – I texted you right after I saw it. Yeah. Freddie's going to Edmonton. That, that's, that's my thought. Right now, that's the only thing that really makes – a lot of sense to me. Luca. Playoffs are just it's all comes down to goaltending. Like you see every single yep. year. Like you have a goalie, you win. Blues. Yep. Bennington had the, the playoffs of his life. Okay. Yep. Had had the game of his life in game seven against the Bruins. They ended up winning. Last year, Vasilevsky. I can't remember a time where a goalie's been carried. Maybe you could argue Corey Crawford with the Blackhawks, but again. There were some games where he would steal games as well. They were just so stacked at that mm-hmm. point. Nobody really looked at Corey Crawford. Jonathan Quick, right? Tim Thomas, he won the Consumite as well. So you see all these goalies and stuff. And the biggest one that we don't like that we always talk about is is Pittsburgh. Like Flurry gone. What happened? Is it Matt Murray? Now is it Tristan Jari? We saw his blunder last night. When they have good goaltending, Pittsburgh always does well. And 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 so when you look at Freddie Anderson, you look at the Edmonton Oilers, like that could definitely be a landing spot. Um, they're not going to protect him. So I think Edmonton has to make a move before Seattle does something because that would be the, the, the best thing for Seattle. If you get a guy like Freddie, maybe get a young goalie as well. But I agree. I think that could be a really good landing spot for them. Now, the thing is, is would Freddie go there? Because it's a Canadian team. It's, could you say and it's a rival? Yeah, and could you say? Edmonton. Exactly. And Edmonton's, like you say, built from the back end. They're, they already have like two of they – got, they got the best player in hockey. Okay, yeah. in many people's eyes, and they got a guy that you could put in the top five, you could put in the top ten. Let he won the heart last year, so their front end is pretty good. But you could see in this series that it was the goaltending when they would lose games, even though they lost one nothing, and yeah. McDavid and Drysaddle didn't you know score until I think game three where they didn't get almost on, the, on the point sheet. But I don't think scoring right now is that big of a necessity. You get the guy on the back end, like Andrew said, it gives confidence to the whole team, especially when you have Connor McDavid on your team as well. Yeah. And you saw what Darnell Nurse did in that three overtime game. Like Darnell Nurse this year has has surprised everybody, and he's shaped himself into into a top tier defenseman. You have Tyson Berry as well added in that mix. Who I guess you saw him on the Leafs, and now he's just a whole different player uh, playing for the Oilers. And Clefbaum as well. He was injured all all season. He was out for the year. So when they get them him back and him healthy, uh, that decor looks to be. Uh, pretty good. I wouldn't say the best, but they're they're pretty solid. 
And I think it really their Achilles heel is in the net. So Andrew, we'll, we'll keep our eyes out in free agency. Cause uh, you might, you might have a career in, uh, in breaking trades or breaking moves uh, coming you, up. So you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Exactly. Um, as we wrap up hockey here, Boston uh, took out uh, Washington, broke my bracket. Uh, Pittsburgh just lost to the, to the Islanders last night. They're down 3-2. Colorado has already moved on. Uh, Vegas is, uh, is in tough against Minnesota. Many people thought that was going to be an easy series, but Minnesota has put up a fight. What has been uh, your favorite series to watch uh, so far, Andrew? I, I honestly thought it was going to be the Winnipeg-Edmonton series. I thought that would be the best series in, uh, in the playoffs, but uh, I think it's been the Florida Tampa series. Mm-hmm. Every every game you, you go into it, it, it's just been a toss up. You, those are two of the best teams in the NHL going head to head in the first round of the playoffs. Like it's, I think that could arguably be one of the best series of the entire playoffs. Well, game one was just like shot out of a cannon. Both teams. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. the, both those guys, both those teams came to play. Neither of them want to go home. And it's going to be interesting to see how that series plays out. I, I have a weird feeling Florida's going to pull through, but uh, we'll see. I can never go Tampa, right? Yeah. Luca, for real. Uh, I've I've enjoyed the Pittsburgh series. Uh, I think a lot of people, especially me, I have Pittsburgh going to the final. Uh, that they would. This is their time, like to get redemption on the Islanders. They finished first in the division. Is Tristan Jari the guy? I think he's done a pretty good job, like decent enough. But then again, last night just gave it away pretty much and probably gave away their season because it's going to be tough for Pittsburgh to go on the road and win and then win at home again because the Islanders have been a really good team on the road so far in these playoffs. So I think it's really good. You're seeing really good goaltending. Like if it's uh, Marmolov or if it's Sorokin, like he just stole the show yesterday. And it was one of those games where if you're a Penguins fan, and I'm sure this has happened a lot with Boston, this happened probably with Toronto. Whenever you dominate a game and you're not winning, that's when you get nervous because it's those 20 shots, but three goals go in and you're like, well, what do we have to do? We have like 50, 60 shots. We only have two goals to show for it. And then most of the time you end up losing those games, right? So yes, you like the way Pittsburgh played, but how much better can they play to get the win? They dominated and they couldn't even win. Now they have to go back to long Island where the Islanders have made it tough on Pittsburgh. And after just an unbelievable game by Sorokin, you can see the Pens exit early again this year. Yeah, that New York Islanders team is just – they don't have, like, the, the star players or no. the big names, but they're, they're just so sound defensively. And they uh, a lot of they people were. say they bore you. They bore you in the hockey game. They play just a boring style of hockey, and they just wear you down, always playing the uh, 1-3-1, the traps, all that kind of stuff, and they just wear you down uh, like they did to, to – like they're doing – to the Penguins. Andrew, I'm with you with the Florida and Tampa series. You know, um, that first game was just electric, especially in the U.S. with they have fans. So it just brings a whole nother aspect to like an electricity to that series, especially in that first game. And and Tampa and Florida, they've been, they're in the same state, but you never really uh, talked about that kind of rival, rivalry. Uh, so now with this playoff series and, and it being so intense, and the skill on both sides. You have Kucherov coming back, Huberto, Barkov. Um, what's his name? Bobrovsky's having some troubles in net, so they had to bring in their their, uh, their backup. Uh, it's just been such an up-and-down series, and nice I really hope it goes seven. 
Pardon? Spencer, Spencer, Knight, yeah. Spencer Knight yeah. got the win last game, right? Yeah, he got the win last night. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's such. I hope that goes seven because I'd love to see a, a like a, a do or die game seven uh, game seven with those two teams. So uh, I'm with you on that. Baseball time, boys. Baseball. I've been wanting to talk about this uh, for a while. The Blue Jays six game losing streak. They just got uh, swept four games by the Tampa Bay Rays. There has been some positives. The offense is 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 still doing their thing. I don't think the offense is the problem, but the Jays pitching, especially with the bullpen. Yes, they've had injuries. Um, a couple of weeks ago, the bullpen was the uh, the bright spot. They're like, oh wow, uh, how long can this bullpen really weather the storm of all these injuries and the starters not going long? Um, what do you think they need to do? in the future do you do they go out and get a pitcher or they brought they just announced that Alex Manoa will be pitching tomorrow night in Yankee Stadium he's only pitched three games in the minor leagues is this like is this the is Alec what I'm trying to say is is Alec Manoa uh I guess the savior of this of this pitching staff uh for the short term or do when it comes to into July and the trade deadline do they go out and get someone for this season or do they wait Andrew I want to, I guess your questions tied back together. You kind of answer, ask two questions there. But I, I think what you got to do, you got to add stability. You need guys who, I said it for, for the same thing with the bullpen. You need guys in your team that, are, that have proven themselves. You need guys who you know what you're going to get out of them. The Jays don't have a whole lot of that. They've got a whole lot of rookies in the field, or young guys, whatever, third-year guys in the field. And they got a whole lot of guys in the bullpen I haven't even heard of before this year. Like, who's Travis Bergeron? Tell you who's exactly. using pine tar or something. I'll tell you that. You heard that here first too. But just like you said, in a couple of weeks ago, the bullpen was a bright spot from the team. I don't think anyone expected that coming in. Everyone, everybody thought we were. It was a bit of a toss-up what our bullpen was going to look like. Nobody knew for sure what we were going to get. Yeah. And even at the, going into the season, we all wanted to go out and get another starting pitcher. We, all, we talked about it in the last pod I was on. I, I said go out and get a guy like Taiwan Walker. We we need. We definitely need a guy who – more guys that we can trust in our rotation and in our bullpen. Alec Manoa coming up, I think it's great. Give him a chance. I'd like to see Nate Pearson pitch a little more before I saw Alec Manoa coming up here. But you know what? The guy's pitched four gems or three gems in, in AAA. Give him a shot at the big leagues. Maybe he will – maybe he'll be that Cinderella story that we need. Maybe yeah. him and Ryu will be that one-two punch in our uh, – starting rotation that'll that'll take us ahead of the Rays and maybe even ahead of the Yankees in, in their uh, division there. Luca? Well, Vladdy just got the home run lead. Yeah, he just nice hit a home run today, know. 16th. 2-0, so, and like we're saying, that lead's not safe. So, especially against the Yankees and the way the well, ball... Well, Gurriel just hit a home run as well, so 3 nothing. 3 nothing. okay. But my, my thing... Yeah, live updates. My, my <laughs> thing is... My, my thing is this, like... It's great to have young pit. I'm a huge Baraki fan. I, I, I really like his stuff. Okay. Um, you know, the ball pen, Romano, again, I think he's good. It, it, this isn't the time to say, oh, you know what, man, these guys got a bit. No, no, no. This, is a, this team is a win now team. I don't want to hear about how they're going to be in two, three years. I want to, I want to win now. Like, this is the team to win now. Vladdy's playing at a triple crown level, literally. Okay. And Springer has played what? Two games. Five, five innings, it seems like. Big free agent signing. Yeah. Yeah. He, he hasn't even really touched, like, touched, like, the diamond at all. So, it's like, 
Okay, and when he did, he made a huge difference. Yeah, like, <laughs> he was he was really good. And the offense hasn't been the problem. You look at the, <clears throat> you look at their last games. Like this is just unbelievable the way they're losing games. That they're scoring like I think they're having like six and a half runs and they're losing games. And and what bothers me is I get it if you lose games you have those one off. What really bothers me is when you go into extras and you gift them runs. You're gifting them walks. Like they're like at least make them work for it. Three in a row mm-hmm. or something like make, that. Yeah, make them work for exactly. You got to make them work for it. And yeah. the situational hitting, it's not oh, good. It's enough. been terrible. It's been it's terrible enough. for the last two years. Yeah, it's I, not that's good. That's why enough. I knock Montoyo every year. They, 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 I yeah. think that. Yeah, the we'll get problem. to that, Andrew. We'll get I to that. We'll get to Montoyo. He's yeah, not. No, he's not gonna. He doesn't steal when he needs to steal. Uh, he doesn't lay down bunch to advance runners when he needs to. He 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 doesn't know if he's coming or going. This guy. Okay, so when you, when you look at you know they've struggled. Why 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 not try to move a guy up? You know to second or third. Why are you gonna leave him on first here when the game's on the line? Like at least try to do something. There's no one at third. Go. Tell him to run. No, he stays at second, and there you go. And now you got to hit. You know, usually if you can get a, a hit into the field, uh, they'll score from second. But why yeah. not just make it a little bit easier <laughs> and yeah. just do that? Or if it's a one-out situation, sack fly, you get a run in. But no. Or it, a ground ball. Exactly. Make it a fielder's choice. Make it a bit nervous. Maybe you get both guys to be safe. Like, you never know. Baseball's a, a crazy game like that. I just think for Toronto, it's not the offense. And it's crazy to think that Springer's not even playing and this offense can keep them even better. Mm-hmm. But the pitching, these young guys, yes, I like their potential, but I want to win now. I, I'm tired of it. Like this yeah. is the team to do it, um, and they're slim, they're slumping right now. Sorry, and it's not even because of what the other teams are doing. They're doing it to themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, went on a, you, we went on a win streak right before this losing streak, right? Yeah. yeah so it's a, we you did. Yeah, we were chaining. We were in training, chaining something together. But as we started bringing the team together, then the pitching just went. So yeah. you can't, yeah, you can't win four, lose five, or win five, lose four. It, it's got to be win five, lose one or two, win another four, lose one. Like you can't just so go with five and then do it. Yeah, you yeah. can't just win four and then lose five. Like everything you've done, it just cancels out. And and you guys said it like the you guys touched on it a bit with Charlie Montoyo, and I think it was on the Sunday or the Saturday game, and arguably your best reliever at this point, Tyler Chatwood, who's been like really holding this bullpen together. You need a guy to come in and, and, and get, and get some outs. It's Tyler Chatwood. He had that one off. He loaded the bases and a lefty was coming up. I, I forget it. Uh, I think it was bro, uh, bro And you see Charlie Montoya come out of the dugout and Tyler Chatwood on his face. And he was, mouthing it you can make it out saying he didn't want to come out of the game let him get let him get this out but i think charlie montoyo his problem he's too by the book he's too oh this he hits 180 off of left handers so this is the right move to do it's it's just it's it's just too much analytics sometimes you just got to go with your gut and 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 let your guy do his thing just trust them just let let tyler chatwood talk you out on the mound, let him talk you. Give him a chance to talk you out of, of, of taking him out of the game. And what does he do? And I think why Tyler Chatwood was mad. I heard this on the radio. Um, if he thinks Ryan Barucki or an Ant, or, or a Romano is coming in after him, I would have think I would think he would be okay with getting off the mound. But when he looked over to the bullpen and he sees Travis Ber- Bergen coming in, um, he's like, I don't want to come out. 
And what happened? Travis Bergen comes in and and for uh you you get four earned runs charged to Tyler Chatwood. It's just it's just I think he's too analytical. Like sometimes you just gotta go with your gut. And Charlie Montoya was brought in to develop this young team, these young guys up. Oh, yeah. Right? They fast-tracked it. They fast-tracked it. They're ready to win now, and we need a manager who's capable of bringing a win-now team to, to the promised land. Yeah, this guy's is a babysitter. That's all he is. Yeah. And but I, I don't know why you don't, like, like, they're kids, man. Like, this is the best time in their career. Like, they just want to have fun, and they're playing the game so loose. Like, they're not, like, they, they haven't won anything. They have it besides Springer. None of them have won anything. Nobody knows what he takes to win. They got no pressure on them. They're just going out there. They're playing ball and they're playing really good ball at that. But then you have the manager who's supposed to put it all together, costing you games. Well, what do you want them to think? This is why Toronto loses everybody in free agency and they get rid of them for nothing. This is the reason because we can't get an, a competent manager that can come in there and do things. Montoya should have been gone after last year. I don't really care about it. I would have they- just done it. And going on the day we hired him, I was pissed off about it. One, I said, "Who the hell is this guy?" And two, when I found out it was like the bat boy from the Tampa Bay Rays, you couldn't do any better than that. Like, come on, there. I don't know. As a guy who played baseball, and I mean, I I I had many different coaches. Just watching the way, I mean, it is a major league team. Obviously, they're going to get coached differently. But watching, even the way he just talks to the media about his thoughts and stuff like that, the guy's an airhead. It's not, something he doesn't even know the way the game's played. It, it hurts me to watch him talk to the media. It does. It, it's like he's an actor. It, mm-hmm. I don't understand it. And, and here's the other thing. These coaches, these managers, they get paid to manage the team. They get paid for their judgment, their expertise to win the games. Not, not for them to use the geeks' numbers to come to some conclusion. You could use your yeah. analytics. Sure, analytics can definitely—they're definitely—it uh, could definitely help you out in a lot of ways. But I think there's there's a fine line to be drawn on how far you you follow the analytics, and especially the, this has been talked about for years now with these extreme shifts you're seeing with four guys in the outfield sometimes, three guys on the right side of the field. That wasn't always in the game. That wasn't in the game five years ago, maybe a little longer than that, seven years ago. You never, you would never see that. But now you're seeing that because the analytics are telling you to do that. So the, the game is changing because of analytics. I just, I don't think we need to, we can't have a coach who just strictly follows analytics coach team. I don't that's even know if that's what Montoya is doing. I just, whatever he's doing, you, you can him. Terrible. Mm-hmm. I can't watch it anymore. It, 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 he's just, I just think he's, really analytical and i guess things like that happen to everybody look what uh happened to kevin cash in the world series pulling um blake uh, snell at least he got the world series at least he got yeah. there you're right you're right that means but the world it, series and i i won't complain well i mm-hmm. still will if we, if we lose but <laughs> yeah. and just to wrap it up we just got six minutes left in this zoom call uh vladdy grail playing unbelievable oh. hopefully he continues great to see him yes. andrew Thank you for coming on the show once again, giving your expertise, your unfiltered expertise of course. Uh, on everything. And Luca, I think uh, I just want you to let uh, let you on on this deal. If the Leafs, for some unknown reason, lose to the Montreal Canadiens, me and Andrew have agreed to become Seattle Kraken fans uh, for the foreseeable future. Really? Right away. Oh, if, sure. if game seven comes or game whatever, yeah, game seven comes around and the Leafs lose, 
it's a Seattle Kraken all so the way. So you're crackheads after if they we're going to be cra- we're going to be the biggest crackheads there are. <laughs> okay. And you can't even you, tell us we're bandwagoners because we'll be no, there from the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah, from the, gonna, they don't even have a roster and we're already big fans. You're going to follow going to follow Freddie to Seattle, eh? Exactly. Yeah. Freddie's going to come with us to Seattle <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Andrew, thank you for coming on uh for Lucas Cretelli, Luca Moya. That was the L2 Sports Podcast. Uh, We're available on Apple Pods and Spotify. Check us out. Weekly episodes every single week. That's what weekly means. So, everybody, take it easy and have a great night.